everyone. Good morning and welcome to Latinidad in the Lou. Um, my name is Sydney Jackson and I am the content and program coordinator here at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Um, today here with me, we have a very special guest, um, Ness Sandoval. So he is a professor of sociology at um, St. Louis University. He's also the co-director of the PhD program in public and social policy there. Um, and also the Associate Director of GeoSLU. Um, and then one last little thing to tie into the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. He is also um, a member of the um, HCCSTL Foundation Board. Um, so thank you so much, Ness, for being here with me today um, for our podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me to be part of the series. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I know you have a very large depth of knowledge that um, I think is really going to be interesting for us to hear about today. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, the kind of work that you do? Absolutely. So um, just a, a short bio. Um, I'm from, I was born in Denver, Colorado, but grew up in Nebraska. Um, traveled all over the U.S., lived in Washington, D.C., San Francisco, Chicago, and now here in St. Louis. And so that that experience um, has shaped the type of questions I pursue as a scholar about urban inequality, the uh, demographic transitions in general, the role of immigration. Um, and so I think that that, that lived experience has helped me uh, try to think about, as an academic, what type of research I do, but how do I apply that research to help organizations such as the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce or the Mosaic Project um, with our with our research. That's really awesome. Um, and so I know you also were featured recently um, on NPR talking a little bit about um, demographic winners. So can you tell us a little bit about that um, and how that applies um, here to us in the region? Absolutely. So this is an important topic. Um, so when I took my first demography class, in the early 1990s. Uh, this was a concept that's, that's been around, um, but most people thought that this, would not, this was not relevant to the United States, that this was something that was happening in Japan, it was happening in, in the former um, sa the satellite countries of the USSR. And the basic concept is of a demographic winter is when you have more people dying than are being born. And we, we say that that's stage five of the demographic transition model. <clears throat> and so it's, 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 a great, it's a great concern, I think, in, in, for any country when you have more people dying than are being born. Um, and so I think what's been kind of interesting as a demographer, when we look at these transitions, uh, demographic transitions, there's basically three that are, are at the core. It's fertility, mortality, and migration. But it's, it's these two that have been fairly stable in the United States. And so we started to observe um, about a decade ago that uh, at the state level, there were some states where more people were dying than were being born, Maine, West Virginia, for example. Um, but for the most part, um, every other state had more babies being born than, than people dying. Then we had some metropolitan regions like Pittsburgh we're in the metropolitan region of Pittsburgh, more people are dying than are being born. And so we always kind of talk about that this is, this is something that's coming to the United States, um, but it's a long way out. We, we just kind of assume that 
we had several decades before it really hit the United States. Well, we I think we were we were cut off surprise because of COVID. And so what happened in the first year of COVID, we realized, I believe there's 25 states now where more people are dying than are being born. And Missouri happens to be one of the states. And it's, it's something that should not have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew if, if it was going to happen, it was probably going to happen around 2035, 2040 in the state of Missouri. Um, so it's about 15 years too early. And so the, I think the question for us now in terms of the state, is is this a COVID demographic winter or did COVID just prematurely push Missouri into a demographic winter? And I think what we, if we look at these other states such as Maine and West Virginia and so forth, when they, when they entered into demographic winter, uh, it became permanent. And so there's no sign at this point that those states will ever get out of it. Okay, so the and, question is whether we can come back out of that or if that's just the, the, the direction we're trending in. Yeah, and, and the, the state has what we call demographic challenges. And mm-hmm. so, so we got into this demographic winter because of, the, of COVID, um, but we have an, a second, and I, I, hate to, I hate to talk about death because it makes people uncomfortable, um, but we have a second wave of people who are gonna die simply through um, demographic, through, through natural causes, and that's the baby boomer, baby boomers, and so they're they're entering into the phase of life which which is death, and so Missouri has a very large number of baby boomers, and so there has to be a recognition that that beyond just co- if COVID goes away, you still have a very large group of people who are going to transition. The 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 so that's one challenge. The second challenge is that. Uh, it doesn't have a very young population compared to other states. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it doesn't have a very young population is that it's actually got a very la- low Latino population, very low Asian population. And so although Latinos are coming to the state, uh, we're not like Texas, we're not like California, uh, California Colorado, um, Georgia. And so when we look at what we I have, a, I, we have created what's called a demographic resilience index. Mm-hmm. And so the, the concept of a demographic, demographic resilient index is like when a pandemic, we call it a demographic shock. When a demographic shock hits, do you have enough resilience built within these demographic um, momentums, which is birth and births basically to overcome the shock and uh, our demographic resilience index is fairly low relative to other states, and, uh, and even for the St. Louis metropolitan region. I think of the top 50, we're like 46, okay. right? So, yeah. so we, we as a region are gonna be um, challenged to overcome this pandemic. Um, and so the one way you do it is you, recruit, you actively recruit young Latinos to make the region your home because they tend to have a higher fertility rate than non-Latinos. Now that's changing a little bit, um, but they, if, you, if you need more babies to be born, uh, because you know, you know the second wave of deaths is coming. Mm-hmm. And so there simply, there simply aren't enough babies being born today um, to overcome the deaths 
that are going to come. In fact, it's seeing a tidal wave. You, see, you know it's coming, and you, what can you do to prepare for it? And, and so it's coming yeah. over this decade, and the, the babies are not coming. Mm-hmm. In fact, what we've seen because of the demographic shock is uh, the births are actually uh, declining, which is exactly what you don't want to happen. Yeah. And during a pandemic. And so this is, it's, it's going to be a challenge for the region. It's going to be a challenge for the state. Um, and again, this is a very sensitive topic, but it's, it's something that, that, that should, the data is there so it's, it's, it people can look it up themselves. And I'm more than happy to provide the raw data for people to, to study it. In the state of Missouri today, more whites are dying than are being born. This is this is not. This was happening pre-pandemic, um, and so what the pandemic has done is it's accelerated that demographic winter for the white population, and so all of the growth in Missouri right now is happening because of the black population, the Latino population, and the Asian population. Mm-hmm. The white population in Missouri is a natural decline. It's in a demographic winter. And I know it's a, it's an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people to talk about this, but that's that's the reality. With this was pre, this was already happening pre-pandemic. What the pandemic did was just exasperate that trend. It's, that trend would probably it's very unlikely for that trend to reverse itself. Okay. And so recently, the 2020 um, census data came out, and so we know that um, here in St. Louis specifically. Um, the Latino population is is booming. It's the fastest growing population that we have here um, in St. Louis. And so do you think that population and that growth there is enough to kind of turn around um, that demographic winner? Or do you think that um, we'll still kind of be in the same pattern? You know, so it's, I always say it's theoretically possible because when we, when we look at the difference, uh, the, the new numbers that just came out that were published by the state, it's a, about a 7,000 uh, difference in birth and deaths. Oh, uh, that's right. a lot. Okay, so you, we need about 7,000 more babies being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, per month, you need, I think that in, a, in the month, the last, the latest month that they just made available, you need about an extra 1,000 babies being mm-hmm. born. Um, so I would say theoretically, if it is possible that if you had enough Latinos coming, you could you could overcome that deficit simply from Latino births. Um, so I like to make comparisons just so people can kind of see what, what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. There will be more babies born in Houston, Texas than the entire state of Missouri. Oh, wow. More babies born in Dallas, Texas. Mm-hmm. Even more babies, and Dallas has more babies born in Houston, Texas. More babies will be born in, in, this, in those two states alone they will double the number of babies being born in those two cities alone, Dallas and Houston. More babies will be born twice the level than in Missouri. So I, I think about I, trying to make that comparison. You're kind of like, wow. Definitely. Something's happening in Houston and, and Dallas that's not happening here <laughs> in Missouri, right? Definitely. And so we have to understand that not all of those babies born in Houston and Dallas are going to stay there. And so the question for us as a state and as a region is to what extent are we actively going 
to Houston and Dallas. I even say San Antonio, um, Phoenix, Los Angeles, to actively go and recruit Latinos to come and make St. Louis their home, make Missouri their home. Right? To what extent is this happening? Because I know it's other states are actively recruiting Latinos. Mm-hmm. I, I get, um, not from every state, but from, for a couple of states, I've been receiving brochures to actively move to their state. They've identified me <laughs> for how, I don't know how they've identified me. And so I get a brochure with like, hey, come and, come and think about moving here and, and, and so forth. And I'm like, wow, it would be nice if Missouri would do this with intentionality to yeah. Latinos living in Colorado. That's so interesting. I've um, never heard anything like that. <laughs> yeah. No, states states are actively, some states are actively recruiting um, populations to move there. Cause we, we, I think we understand demogra- just a larger point about demography is around 2050, 2050, there's, there's some debate about exactly the year, but around 2050, we're expecting population to population to stabilize to stabilize, mm-hmm. and we already see it in the United States that population growth is very very small right now. Yeah, and so population's power. So we're at yes. I think in the United States we're at this point to where every city right now every region is going to be fighting, not because you're going to grow because of births. Some cities are, but some cities are not, but you're going to grow because of migration, mm-hmm. and you're going to decline as a city because you have more people, like Pittsburgh, you have more people dying than they're being born. And like Pittsburgh, more people are leaving than are moving to the region. That, that's, that's, just, that's the very simple equation of population um, change. And so St. Louis as a region has a, has a choice. It only, it grew by 1.2%, which was one of the lowest growth rates of the top 50. I think we were like 47th. Um, in the country of the top 50 metro regions. Um, and so we realized that we should have grown faster mm-hmm. simply based on the number of babies born, which we did not reach that, which indicates that people are leaving the region. Yeah. And so you talked about uh, the Latino population um, increasing in the region, which is true. But St. Louis was one of um, about 10, I think it's 10 regions that experienced a loss of black population and a loss of white populations. Ten. There were only ten regions. Wow. And St. Louis is one of those regions. Mm-hmm. And so I think you have to recognize that um, you cannot lose your black population. You cannot lose your white population. Even if you're gaining the Latino population, you have to maintain those two populations. They're the two biggest populations in the region. Um, and so it's it's, it's part of a, a larger story that was happening in the, in the Midwest. Milwaukee, Chicago, Cleveland, Detroit, these were all cities that experienced a loss of white and black population. The other cities were in California, San Francisco, Los Angeles, I think San Diego is one of them. And so it's, um, it's, a, it's something that, that, that I think people should be concerned about. Um, and I think the other thing we have to recognize is that <coughs> the city itself is losing people. Mm-hmm. So when people think of the St. Louis region, they, it's, I think if, you're, if you don't know the region, like we know it, you think, wow, the region is the city. 
And for those who are from here, we know it's not the, ci the cities. You know, 70% of the people live outside the city, right? Roughly. Yeah. But if you're from the East Coast, you're thinking, well, everybody lives in the city. Mm -hmm. And so the city itself continues to lose residents. And it's losing uh, its black population. Uh, we're starting to see a, a, a stabilization of the white population. And so these are, these are challenges when the principal city of the region is in decline. Uh, and so there, there are great things happening in the city. Um, but if you're from the East Coast, the West Coast, you don't, beyond, beyond the city, you don't know what's happening in Chesterfield or Maryland Heights or Fallon. Mm -hmm. or Fairmont, um, that's, that's not on your radar screen. And so um, there has to be concerned about the image of the city and how it gets portrayed at a national level. Yeah. And so um, talking about the census and the city, so one of the things that came out of the 2020 census was, um, was redistricting. And so that affected um, our every district on every level, um, whether that was at a federal level or a state level or um, city municipal level. Um, so kind of, can you, we had a conversation before this started um, about um, what that process looked like in St. Louis City um, with simultaneously with ward reduction happening. And so can you talk to us a little bit about that as well? Yeah, so I think we, I think people have, to, politicians need to recognize that we live in a different era now. We live in an era of transparency, an era of people wanting to be involved in these decision makings of, of what these wards look like. And so, um, especially in a city like St. Louis that's losing um, population and where the majority of the population that, that it lost was the black population, I believe there, sh there should have been more care given into trying to understand why the black population was leaving. Because not everybody left the city. I mean, we had a net loss by the city, but you had certain neighborhoods or certain geographical spaces in the city where the black population left. And they might have left to the suburbs, they might have left the region, but they might have left to other parts of the city. And there was not really an understanding, in my opinion, of, tr of understanding that internal migration of the black population from North City to the South City. Mm -hmm. And several people had talked about this, that, um, that some of these wards on the South Side should have reflected, better reflected, the process that's actively happening to where maybe in four years from now, six years from now, you possibly could have had a black represent representative in one of these wards. Um, that, to, to, to draw these wards to where you see population growth happening, rather than draw them as though they, they were 2020, knowing that some of these wards are actually in decline still. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think, um, I think we're going to see um, if I don't see anything changing. You're still going to see some of these wards um, that would, were drawn. When we get two data points in, in March, we're going to see that these wards are going to even have fewer populations than they did when they, they, they were drawn. And so these are wards in decline. And you're going to see some wards that are increasing in population. Mm -hmm. 
that aren't going to actually reflect the composition in those neighborhoods. Um, and so this is, it's difficult, right? It's difficult because these are politicians trying to maintain power and not actually drawing wards that actually represent what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. And it's, that this is why I kind of argue that politicians should not be involved in drawing their own boundaries, that this should be done by an independent commission that truly understands the dynamics of population movement, growth and decline, and tries to capture it, because these boundaries are gonna st stay with us for 10 years. Yeah. And so I, I, I think if we look at these six years from now, some of these wards, people are gonna think, wow, how is, how is this possible? Why, why, why did we allow this to happen mm -hmm. in the city? And like, what, I think we kind of understand that politicians drew, drew these wards because they wanted to maintain their power yeah. Without actually reflecting the dynamic changes that, that are happening, that, that will continue to happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we talked about some really good stuff. Is there anything that for our listeners that you really want them to take away from this experience here with you today? Well, I would, you know, as a demographer, as somebody who does applied research, I, I would hope that people understand that they have power and that they um, that that their stories matter, that their perspective of how they experience the city matters, and that they should not be afraid to voice their concern, to reach out to people like myself and saying, I my, my I know my experience can't be the only experience. And so what I try to do is quantify your experience and say, well, you're you're not the only one. There's X amount of people that also have that experience. And so um, this really did come in light not just the redistricting, but just the release of the 2020 census um, of, of people wanting data, of, of people being active agents of change and trying to understand uh, how, can, how can they use this data of the human condition. And I think that if there's anything that we do in our lab at St. Louis University is we try to provide these resources so people can share their story, share their voice, and use their power to, to make life better for their family and friends and children. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, so I think the main takeaway for me is you have power. So use your power um, to make your life, your family's life, as great as it can be. Um, thank you all so much um, for joining us for our first podcast. And thank you so much. Um, to Ness for joining us um, as our guest here today. We got some really great information. Um, so stay tuned every first Tuesday of the month is when we will be posting these Latinidad in the Lou podcasts. Um, and we hope to see you at the next one.